Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome back uh, to part two of this episode and the trade rumors. So uh, we were kind of alluding to some of these trade rumors in the last segment. So why don't we just jump right in? Uh, Apparently, with the team not being considered a playoff team, essentially anybody over the age of 25 is available. I would say anyone who's a UFA this year or next. Definitely. Yeah, like uh, I'm just looking on cap friendly now. So next year you get Dvorak, you get Armia, you get Pizzetta, you got uh, Evans, and you have uh, Jake Savard, Allen, Allen, Kovacevic, Savard. Well, Monahan this year, Panner Pearson yeah. this year, Mitchell Stevens this yeah. year. Although I don't see them trading him, and uh, Chris Weidman again, another guy I don't see them trading. But uh, uh, yeah, so I'd say. Anyone in that group is, if not all of them, because we have to, I have to admit last year's trade deadline was a bit of a, uh, they didn't really move anybody. Uh, I mind you, most of the guys that they wanted to move were injured for 90% of the year. And then there was that risk. I, I don't think the other team, other teams were kind of like, uh, I don't know if I want to take Edmondson or Monahan. Well, Monahan wasn't moving anyway. But I don't think I want to take Edmondson with the risk of his back and all this kind of stuff. I think that's what was the issue with him. Uh, but uh, this year, everyone's relatively healthy. Like everyone who's at well, Dvorak just got hurt. So whether they would have been able to trade him or not, it's a different story. But uh, Armia, I don't think is tradable. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you have Monaghan, Savard, Jake Allen, I think are the big three. Yeah. Uh, and and to a lesser extent, maybe Jake Evans, depending on where they see Owen Beck, maybe in the future. Yeah. Um, you might even see one of the young, uh, although I think this might be an offseason move, one of the younger defensemen get moved um, or yeah. maybe a, maybe a Mike Matheson get moved this year, probably next year. I, I would look more to next year, but uh, you never know. Not before the summer. Yeah, you never know. At the least. At the least. And that's and why Pearson's I another look, one. I would look to next year's trade deadline for yeah. Matheson if he's not moved in the offseason. It all depends on where they feel Hudson is in this game. If they think Hudson can hit the NHL and he can be solid in the, at the NHL level, then you'll see Mike Matheson start to move. And Tanner Pearson, I think it all depends on whether he gets back healthy relatively soon. Yeah, exactly. I, if he's I, back before I, the trade deadline. Again, really, what you're going to get for Tanner Pearson and whether or not you lose him as a free agent doesn't matter. If you get something at all, be it a seventh yeah. round conditional pick, it's still still something. For a playoff team, I think you might still get maybe a third rounder for Tanner Pearson if he comes back and has a little bit of a streak like he did at the start of the season, mm-hmm. get some put some points up. I mean, he is a playoff type player, so uh Uh, it'll it'll be interesting uh again though 
one-year contract. He's a UFA next year. His money's off the books regardless. Does it matter? No. So, I'm same with Chris Weidman. He's never going to get traded. He's never going to play. So, I mean, his contract's over the end of the year. His $6.65 that they're paying him. Um, uh, Mitchell Stevens, he, unless someone really looked at his lat, this road trip and went, man, this guy could really help our team. They're not, I mean, he's, I'm just looking at the he's one of those for next year. So. Yeah. And Stevens is one of those guys. that's kind of like a, an AHL, NHL tweener. Mm. Teams have two or three of those. Just about every team does. So I they're don't dime, see their dime a dozen. No one's going to give yeah. up anything for him and they can just sign him in the off season for a minimum. Uh, exactly. Here's, here's two interesting guys that are actually RFAs next year. Uh, Gustav Lindstrom and Justin Barron. Now, I think just I don't I would say don't give up on Justin Barron too soon. Yes, he has some defensive difficulties, but he's an offensive minded defenseman. And I think he hasn't tapped into his full potential offensively yet, let alone defensively. Um, Kind of a younger, uh, younger Matheson. Yes. um, Whether he'll have the offensive skill of Matheson as in stick wise and be I think he's more of a shooter. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't think he's a dipsy doodle. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's a guy who's going to dig everyone out, but he's going to find the perfect spot to take that shot and hit the top corner and score a goal. Um, But Gustav Lindstrom's interesting because if they played him a little more, because he hasn't played bad, you may be able to, I don't know, get something for him. I don't think it'll be much, but like I say, anything's, or maybe throw them in as a part of a bigger deal. Um, I don't know. But to me, big guys look at this Jake Allen, uh, um, Sean Monahan, and uh, I think that's it. Jake Allen, Sean Monahan will be the two to, I think, will go. Yeah. I think, well, I think Allen may go anytime now. Yeah. So Allen is probably the first to go. Monahan's another one that's m- almost likely, uh, almost guaranteed as well. And then Savard, for me, Savard, he's yes, a fifty. That was the third one. Yeah, that was the third one yeah. I was thinking of. Savard will be if a team wants to. Savard will be like a Sharat type uh, look because it'll be a team yeah. that'll want to contend for at least the next two seasons and feel that that defenseman is going to help push them in the right direction through the playoffs. Um, Chirac kind of turned out to be a bad move by Florida, but uh, we don't care. Uh, <laughs> when Savard was traded from Columbus to Tampa, uh, they retained 50%, and it was a three way deal, so there was a bunch of cap that came down. But Columbus ended up with a first and a third out of that deal, I think a fourth as well for eating the cap, but either way, a first and a third. And they they picked up two really solid players out of those picks. So I think it's an Allen was the first round pick they made, a defenseman. And the other one was a, it was a Jordan Dumais, who everyone's watching now at the World Juniors. I, I think Savard can get you a first. Montreal can get a first uh, for Savard. If they, he is, if they cap too, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't even think they need the cap. I think they can, can get a first for Savard. 
um, for contending. And I don't think Montreal wants to eat cap because they already no. eat, they're already eating Jeff Petrie's next year, and that mm-hmm. would only give them one one uh, retained salary that they can pick for next year. And I don't know if they want to yeah, do because they're also retaining on Edmondson right now. But that's over at the end of the season. That's just for this yeah. season. So it'll be three. They only, they, have do the that, one. Be, they only have the one left for this season. And then if they yeah. retain Savard, they only have one for next season as well. So yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I'm I not against it. I just don't know if they want to go. Uh, 3.5. It's a little. It all depends on what the salary is for the teams that are trying to get them. And, and and that's what you have to look at because mm-hmm. Savard's already proven he can be a capable defenseman in the playoffs and yeah. help you get to – he did it for Tampa, help you get to a Stanley Cup. He's not going to be a top four player. I mean, it could be on the second pairing, but he's going to be that solid uh, third pairing defenseman uh, with a little bit of offense. I mean, if you've seen him on this road trip, he's pretty – he's jumping in on the plays. He's getting shots. He's doing his thing. and um but Allen's another one. I think you may, you could probably, you could argue that you can get a first pick for all three of our trade bait players. Allen probably Allen, not I can, he, yeah, because he's a goalie, uh, and goalies don't normally generate a first round pick. And he's three point eight five. Teams that are desperate. There are, t- and I think this is what the holdout is. I think, and I've heard this rumor on Twitter uh, yesterday. Uh, I think it was Elliot Friedman. Uh, don't quote me; it was Elliot Friedman, but that's who I think it was. Hughes has a price he wants for Allen, and we all knew no when Hughes set the price. Well, I'm not moving him till I get at least close to my price or exactly what I'm asking. What he's asking, I don't know, but there's at least six teams in the NHL right now who are desperate—six contending teams yeah. who are desperate for goaltending help. I'll name three right off the bat. Carolina, Toronto, and Edmonton. Colorado's another team. New Jersey's another team. Yeah. Uh you know, you know, it and you know, it just goes on and on. Colorado could probably get away with uh, what they have, but, but 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 why does Toronto need a goalie? Huh? What happened there? Because they keep signing backups to thinking they're gonna rescue the team after a one half good season. I mean, what contending team in recent memory has waived their starting goaltender? Poor Sam. Now they're claiming it's uh, mental health issues. So, and if it is, why... I hope he gets it fixed. But... So do I. But but why do I think this guy's going to end up on Robida Island? And uh, why do well, I? Have he's only that got feeling? the this year, so he's gone. He he's going to be gone from Toronto at the end of the season. Either way. But why do I have that feeling that it, once again, a high-priced guy that's not playing well on the Toronto Maple Leafs is going to end up on long-term injury reserve? Yeah, it's it's too many coincidences with that LTIR for Toronto. I mean, I kind of defended it before, saying, "Okay, well, if he's hurt, he's hurt." And the league agrees with, agrees with, but it just seems like this year every high-priced free agent that they sign that's not playing well is hurt long-term with a mysterious injury. (laughs) But if it is uh, something that he won't come back from, uh, I mean, either way, Toronto desperately needs another goaltender. And if it's Jake Allen, 
I, I can't see Montreal wanting to trade him there unless they pay more than the well it, price. It's within the division. Uh, yep. Toronto's struggling right now. Like, believe it or not, if you count the loser point, Toronto's a 500 team. Um, mm-hmm. They keep playing the way they're playing, which isn't great. They could drop out of the playoff race altogether. Uh, so Toronto needs something. And I mean, if they're going to go with Wall as their guy, that's fine. That's fine to Danny. That's their future. That's the guy that's in their system. They want Allen's your perfect backup. Uh, he's the exactly. guy that's going to fill in. And when Wall uh, needs a rest, Allen's going to come in. He's not going to lose you a game. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you look at the stats, he's probably going to steal you a game because that's what him and Montebo have been doing for Montreal. Although Allen's been on the short stick of the losses lately. Uh, but not because he's played bad, just because well, Montreal's not that great of a team, let's be honest. Um, but uh, Toronto could use him. And I mean, if, and I'm just throwing out this as I'm not, I, there's, I have no insiders, but I think uh, Hughes wants either a top draft, top, top prospect from a team or a first round pick or a first round pick plus or a top prospect plus for, for Allen for Allen. That's what I think it is because he knows they're desperate and why not ask for that? Why not ask for that? And if they come back and say, well, we're not going to give you that, but we'll give you this. Then he can go. Yeah. All right. That, that, that's good enough. What, why I mean, not? It go would high? be amazing if he did. Yeah. But why not go high? That's all I'm saying. Why, why not? You know, these teams need a goalie. You're sitting here with three, go- or maybe they come back and say, "You know what? I won't give you that for Allen, but I'll give you that for Montembeau." I'd do it. It depends. It depends heavily on what exactly they're offering, because I don't, I don't think trading Montembeau right now would be a good idea. Just well, because be- they won't have a goalie in two years. Exactly. <laughs> no, I know, but what I'm saying is. I mean, you wouldn't if you could get a, a first round pick and a high prospect from a team like New Jersey, Edmonton, Toronto, or Carolina. You wouldn't go for it if it was Montembeau. Well, if I you would. got a first end, well, that's what I mean. Like if they went after Montembeau, yeah. then you're like, well, I want both, not one or the other, right? Then, and that's yeah. it. And that's when they go, okay, well, we'll give you. How about a second round pick and a lesser top prospect? Then you think, or okay, just one maybe. really good prospect. Or just one really good prospect. Uh, Caden Primo, I mean, I don't think he's going to get a first or top prospect, but he's been playing good lately. Primo's showing that he is starting to generate that NHL-type goaltender. He's only 24. Uh, We know Montembeau didn't really turn the corner until he was 25, 26. Um, He's getting into that age where, okay, this guy should really start stepping forward in the NHL. And then they can sit there and say, all right, you want a top prospect, it's going to cost you Caden Primo plus, you know, a third round pick or second round pick. All right, sure. Done. <laughs> well, they've got the three goalies, right? So you can you can yeah. trade one of them, but... I think as, Allen's as much the one that's we, going to be traded, but... Yeah, it's more than likely. I mean, we can speculate about the other two, but the I can't see the value of Primo being that high. Uh, Mont, uh, Montembeau, because he's going to be their midterm goaltender they'd need a higher a higher return that i don't think any team would meet so exactly exactly alan's the guy but alan if you're desperate he could get you a first or or a high-end prospect 
the teams are desperate. It's not about how good he is or his contract or whatever. It's about how desperate are you for this goaltender? And not who else is out there on the market? Who else there on the market yeah. that's going to that's gonna do as well as he is? Sure, you can pick someone up off waivers or you could pick up, you know, well, you want Michael Hutchinson again, Toronto? Go ahead, take him. Take him. Is he going to get you into the playoffs? Is he going to... You know, if Wall falters in the playoffs, is he going to step up and be that guy with experience that's going to get you get you through? No. Well, you, you look at the, the goaltending market as it is right now. You've got five, six, seven teams putting guys on waivers and they're bouncing between the two. But there's no goaltender that's available trade-wise that has the history that Allen does or the the reputation that he has as someone who can provide you that solid consistent NHL level goaltending from game to game. And yeah. all the others are guys like Martin Jones for the, for the Leafs right now. That's their big emergency loan call up who, you know, in the past, he's been really good, but he's not that consistent NHL goaltender, whereas Allen is. So they might be able to get five or six teams to argue back and forth for a bidding war. And if somehow it's just a second round pick that the Canadians get in return, when you think about the historical value of goaltenders, that's a good return. I'd yeah, like to see and, more, but and and like I'm saying, like now people are going to go and say, "Oh, Craig thinks they're going to get a first round." That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you know teams are desperate, and there's this many teams that are desperate, hey, I want a first. You want that goaltender? You give me what I want, because you can go through the waiver wire, you can go through the whatever you want, because it's not working, right? Because if if the team, if there was a goalie out there that was going to change a team, one of these teams would have got that goalie by now. If yes. they really thought this guy was going to change the world, Jake Allen, they know Jake Allen is going to be an upgrade to what they have now, but they also know Jake Allen isn't going to become that, you know, goalie that's going to send you into the stratosphere, right? And he still has a year left on his deal, so and he next still has a year he can left. provide you that backup. Correct. And, I mean, if you're a team like uh, New Jersey or Carolina doesn't have any goaltending. Like, Carolina has no idea what they're going to do. So, yeah. if Carolina wants Jake Allen, you go to Carolina and say, well, you got Ratner here with his 850 save percentage, or you got Jake Allen here with his 904. You know, this is what we want. What do you want to do? And they're fighting for a playoff spot right now. They're not, you know, they're not solidified. Actually, let me look it up before I, before I say that's that. the thing. All these teams that are looking for goalies that need goalies are there's what a half dozen, and they're all in the playoff hunt. They're all hovering in a playoff spot right now, or they're battling to get into one like Edmonton. Right. So, and Edmonton's supposed to be a cup contending team. Now, Edmonton's goaltending's gotten better. Uh, Stuart Skinner has played better. Yeah. So, so that, but I don't think you're going to get the return on from Edmonton that you would might on, say, a Toronto or Carolina because Edmonton go, yeah. listen, we have our guy. Allen is helpful. Allen will help us, you know, on the nights we need this guy to take a night off, but we're not as desperate now. Now, this was three weeks ago they might have been able to do something but you know we're not as desperate now as we were three weeks ago even though 
group. Our buddy, our buddy Campbell lost a starting job in our minor league. So, oh, true. <laughs> now Monahan, Monahan's a one point nine million dollar center that could be your second line center. Boston would be a perfect place for Sean Monahan because Boston is very. Yeah. I mean. But that's again playing. in division, so there'd be in a division, that, I would think. and that's what I mean. Uh, I'm trying to think of other uh, Toronto's another team that could probably use a Sean Monahan. Colorado, Colorado. Um, you know, uh, the Jets, the Jets are Winnipeg. In the I was just gonna say, Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg Jets, he's, he could go there, but again, Sean, I believe Sean Monahan will get you a first round pick, hands down, easily all day long. Just for the simple fact, he's under $2 million. He's a UFA at the end of the season. He's a proven goal scorer. He's he's reliable defensively. He's reliable on the power play. Uh, this is the guy that's, you know, he, he could be even a, a, a first-round plus, like a first-round plus a, a, a B-level prospect or something like that to fill your system. Um, well, he would be worth about five hundred k on a team's cap at the deadline. And that's a guy that I would retain salary on because it's it's an expiring contract. Correct. And yes. If you did, it's two hundred fifty k for a, for a top six center. You can get a first and maybe even a, a B level or a borderline A level prospect. Yeah, for sure. Uh, again, uh, going to David Savard. All depends on if the team wants a two year contract at three and a half million. So. I say I think Savard's going to be an Edmondson type move where he goes in the off season. Personally, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if someone wants him at this playoff, I think he can garner a first only if they're willing to take the three and a half or Montreal maybe takes an expiring contract back. Yes, yeah, I, I agree on that one. Um, yeah. and, and with Monahan, I know that uh, everyone's saying, "Oh, he's worth the first. He's worth the first. This is my prediction. I'm not basing this on anything I've heard. I'm just stating what I've seen, what I believe is going to happen based on what Hughes has done. He's already gotten a first round pick just for taking on Monaghan. I think he's going to want an established prospect in return, mm-hmm. someone who's worth a first. So if it was Winnipeg, uh, I mean, Chad Lucius, he's a center, 6'1". A lot of injuries, though. So, yeah, he would fit with the Canadians. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. Someone like an Oscar Olafson, who's a couple of years past his uh, first round pick, and he plays this uh, like a, a game similar to Emil Heineman. You know, he's big, he's fast, he can shoot, uh, he's good defensively. That kind of fits the mold of what Hughes has been going for. I. I, it's probably true, but here's my issue with that, and I'm going to tell you what my issue with that is. Is I don't like training trading for a prospect who's just going to fit the mold of 14 other prospects you already have in your system. And I see what you're saying. Yeah, they're all good, but you, you mean you have Hein uh, Heineman, you have Yelonen, you have Law, you have Messer, you have Farrell, you have Beck, you have. All these guys are at best, at best, middle six, middle six, right? So 
yeah, it's great to get a good prospect. It's great to build up your depth. It's great to do whatever, but how many middle six prospects? This is why I'd rather the pick because then you have the chance to get someone who could be better than a middle six prospect, even though it's going to be a mm-hmm. high pick. I, I agree. It's going to be a high pick, but you still have that chance, you know, that you get your, you know, diamond in the rough out of the, uh, cause I mean, if I look at that group, the only one, although Philip Massar, I think is still the book still out on him on how, what his potential in the NHL will be. Uh, I only see Wah really as someone who could probably pay top six minutes. As a winger. Messer has that skill set and he's showing it in the juniors right now. Yeah. Uh so there is and that possibility. Kitchener. But again, uh the first round pick, if you get a first round pick from a contending team or a team in the playoffs, it's going to be in like a 20 plus. So mm-hmm. the chances of the percentages say that whatever you pick there will more than likely at best be one of those middle six type of players so why not take on someone who's a couple of years further and you know more likely will be because you still have that chance that this guy could be more than a middle six or you could package him in a deal to get you that elite offensive forward that's already NHL established if his goal but you, do, you, you could do that with the draft you could do up. that with a prospect too but yeah yeah but if his goal is to move so. up in the draft this this uh summer taking on another first round pick at the deadline would make it happen. So if let's say the Canadians finish where they are now at seven and they have a late first round pick, they might be able to move up to five. I don't know if they're going to use it to move up. I could see them using it in a trade to get an already established uh, high end hockey player. Sure. But if the plan is to move up, correct. Yeah. That would be why he would take on a first round pick. One of the reasons. But I see your point with the draft, but I'm just throwing the yep. other coin of that yep. on why maybe that's not a good idea. And, you know, we don't want the uh, the uh, crowd on Twitter that hates the, uh, you know, the tank crowd that, you know, they didn't get Mitchkov, so this team's doomed for the next 20 years. So, you know, well, if we just you're get signing a... with them next year anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, here, listen, you just segued into my trade proposal of the century. Oh, okay. Toronto, Toronto needs everything Montreal has. Believe it or not, they need a top center, a top six center to play on the third line to make that third line even better. Yep. They need a solid top defenseman who can play hard-nosed playoff minutes. They need a goaltender. A goaltender that could win them hockey games and keep, you know... As long as they can score three to four goals, he can win them the game. So, having said all that, since Nylander's a free agent next year and Toronto may or may not be able to sign him, why have him walk away for nothing when you can get – and you don't need him because you have Marner and Matthews and Nyes and Robertson and all these superstars, Tavares. So, Nylander's – who needs Nylander? Who cares? Matthews is scoring 70 goals this year. Marner's, you know what? Everyone's on the hate Marner, so maybe we could flip it to Marner. But either way, they trade Nylander or Marner for our three guys in a first. Everyone's problem is solved. 
the Calgary first that they got for Monaghan. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Calgary yeah. first next year could be a top five pick. <laughs> the way they're going. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there you go, Toronto. You've got your top, at least a top 10 pick in the 2025 draft, no matter where you finish. Unless Montreal protects it just to add more shit to the freaking conditionals. Get, you get your defenseman, you get your center or your forward, because Monaghan can play anywhere, yeah. and you get your goalie. And all you had to give up was either Marner or Nylander. We'll take either. I don't care. Who they've been wanting to get rid of anyway, so why not? Well, now it's Marner, because Nylander's having a right. really good season, and Marner's yeah. not, apparently, so... And Perfect. it solves their cap issue. And it solves your it solves their cap issue. You're a genius. Have, and then they don't have to worry about Marner becoming a free agent in 24 after 24 25. That's Montreal's Montreal. problem. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Done. I should be GM of the year. Now everyone's happy. Sure, Montreal you know, got their elite forward. Everyone's happy in Toronto because they got their solid playoff people. And Brad Trilliving loves Monaghan. He does love Monaghan. And he loves those Savard-type defensemen. And he yep. couldn't draft – he couldn't pick a goalie of his life depended on it, just like Dubas. So it's a win-win situation. And Toronto fans will moan yeah. and bitch about this, but if they really think about it, it's a win-win situation. I'm going to tweet this just to see what the reaction is. And and this more than likely would mean that they would have the assets in place to finally win three rounds in one fucking year. For the first and time. And their defense year. in nineteen thirty two, they won three series on best on on total goals, not best of seven. Oh. So if you want to count that, if you want to count that, you can. I think they're but technically I think they're going by top. Yeah, but technically it wasn't three rounds. I think it's more of a best of kind of series, not Correct. best of goals, that, that, but a best. That's of. why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Yeah. So, if you want to get, you know, you have this old Leaf fan who's like, "Well, 1932, oh, they went. There was three rounds. Yeah, but it was best goals. It wasn't. It's like two games, best goals each round, and you know, it wasn't fucking actual rounds." <laughs> When I heard that, I was like, what? I was like Steve Dangle. What? Seriously? Never? Ever? Awesome. But then it makes awesome. sense. But then it makes it sense. Did. It all made sense. And uh, speaking of which, we're going to finish off the show here. We'll go into our final thoughts. Uh, speaking of Dangle, we were both of us were just on uh, Game Over Montreal on uh, SDPN with Berkshire. So go check those out for the post game for Florida and uh, for Carolina. So that's in the last week. Had a great time there. It was uh, yeah, it's good. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, also, if we're gonna do uh, check out other podcasts, make sure you check out all uh, some other Habs podcasts as well. Uh, Locked on Canadians. Uh, our friends over at Habby Hour are still on the go. You know, so listens back. Habby listens back. So the boys, Gibby, uh, Gibby Lewis and uh, Vinny, they've yeah. been. Uh, They've been cutting each other pretty good with the uh, the insults on that show, so it's worth checking out. Don't forget Tony and his show there, uh, the Sick Podcast, oh. who yeah. we've been guests on as well. Um, 
it's all kinds out there. It's all kinds. Yeah, curfew boy, uh, the curfew crew. Um, yeah. yeah, there's all there's all kinds. This this search Habs podcast. Don't just listen to one. Listen to all of them. Uh, pick to which one you like. Uh, Canadian Connection sucks. I'll say that right now. Uh, <laughs> if yeah, if you're gonna miss one, that'd be the one. Yeah, that's the one you miss. Um, yeah, no personal uh, issues there. But <laughs> not saying we get stabbed in the back, but you know. Yeah, whatever, whatever, and I'm I don't I'm not scared of those guys. So, um, yeah. So, and you know what? Listen to that too. Whatever, listen to whatever the hell you want to. It's your life. You do what you want to do. You enjoy. So what you, you can see how to. good we are compared to them. Correct. But uh, uh, so real, real quick, in thirty seconds or less, final thoughts. On this day in forty-five BCE, the Julian calendar takes effect in the Roman Empire, establishing January first as the start of the new year. No more dad jokes. It's all history lessons from now on, folks. It's my new kind of a dad joke way. It's a history calendar, so that's why yeah, the family here got tired of my dad jokes, so they got me a history yeah. calendar. And uh, so for me, I just want to go back to my my usual. But it's not something that we can overlook. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting with us. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.